Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to another episode of Say Why to Drugs with me, Dr. Susie Gage. And here we are, an episode that's been requested maybe more times than any other. Today, Scroobius Pip and I chat about the hallucinogenic drug dimethyltryptamine, also known as DMT. Structurally, DMT is extremely similar to psilocybin, the active ingredient in magic mushrooms, and to LSD. Yet to some, DMT has an elevated status as a psychedelic compared to mushrooms or the synthetic LSD. DMT is the active ingredient in a psychedelic brew known as ayahuasca or yage. Although in this case, the plant containing DMT needs to be mixed with another plant that contains a monoamine oxidase inhibitor, as when you ingest DMT orally, it won't have an effect unless this is present. DMT can also be taken via snorting or injecting. Many users when on DMT, report interactions with other beings, which has led some people to even claim that DMT might open up other planes of reality. But is it really that different to any other psychedelic? Without further ado, Pip and I say why to DMT. Okay, now, this has been requested a lot, so let's talk about DMT. It's the podcaster's favourite. Yeah. It's, it's discussed on podcasts a lot, it seems. That's true, yeah. So, um, <laughs> DMT is a uh, botanical hallucinogen, so tryptamine-based, and uh, it's found in lots of plants, and it's kind of drunk in a drink that's called ayahuasca. Yeah which I think we've mentioned before, certainly mentioned it in the psychedelics episode. Um, Structurally, it's very similar to LSD, although LSD is synthetic. And it's also really quite similar to to psilocybin as well. Yeah. So what do you think is the appeal of DMT, of ayahuasca? Um, It's one, from from all my um, hearing of it and uh, and speaking of it, it's, it's, it's one that almost isn't even... It almost falls outside of the recreational drugs thing because it's seen so much as as um, a, 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 a passage. 
I can't think of the terms. Um, Something, again, I'd heard of it as as something that tribes would do at a certain age, a coming of age type thing, a rite of passage. Yeah. Very ritualistic. and, And people would go out to Peru and all these other places to have these complete experiences mm-hmm. so and again we mentioned set and setting a lot uh, this is one that every time i heard about it originally it was very much you travel out somewhere and you're in a very spiritual situation you're out in the wild you're having ayahuasca and you're having this experience that's going to change your outlook on, on on reality on society on the world and everything else so yeah it's it it's there. It's 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 not one that I've ever heard of as a. Oh no, actually ayahuasca, not one that I've ever heard of as a. Oh, let's just have some. Whereas DMT in general, again, particularly in in America, I heard about it a lot on 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 Joe Rogan or Joey Diaz and all these other people who who speak of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think also because it's natural. Yeah. So in comparison to LSD, perhaps because it's natural, maybe it's seen as a bit more. I don't know, sort of something a bit more special about it yeah. because it's sort of from nature. But then I'm, and in terms of relating it then, because psilocybin is obviously natural as well, but somehow yeah. people put DMT in this kind of separate category from those two. Yeah. Even though actually it's really, really similar and the effects are really, really similar. Yeah, so well, I, that's it. Uh, when we were discussing covering it, it's, it's been... It's been asked for a lot and requested a lot but as you were saying it's going to be a really similar episode to to two or or three others we've done because it's so similar but it has got this um elevated status almost of again i I think it's the kind of a a ritualistic side of it yeah i I think there's a lot of mythologizing around it as well which obviously we'll get on to later so yeah, as we said, it's kind of used in, in rituals and that's either like in a drink or sort of in food. But when you get to sort of DMT, it tends to be a powder or a sort of crystalline powder or a right. solid. And if it's completely pure, it's white. But if it's slightly impure, then it might be sort of yellow or pinky rose or mm-hmm. kind of variety of sort of off-white kind of colours. So in terms of the short-term effects, um, it peaks around one and a half to two hours after consumption and the effects can last for sort of four to six hours. Mm. So this is broadly comparable to both LSD and and mushrooms, yeah. I think. And you get the kind of psychedelic effects that are really similar to sort of LSD and yeah. mushrooms. Because yeah. like chemically it's very it's very similar. But again, the 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 nature of it being a natural version has has that as again, a, a mythologized and spiritualized appeal. I can completely see how the slow um, intake, the slow gestation period, it, it lends itself to again an experience of yeah. being somewhere and, and you take it, and then there's all sorts of fire ritual or walking into the jungle and all sorts of mm-hmm. like again of things I've heard either on podcasts or directly from people who've gone on the experiences. It, it allows the slow onset to become part of the experience and then the extended yeah. actual experience to be uh, as intense as, as 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 you can imagine. Yeah. And reading reading drugs forums, there's a lot of debate um, about whether it has a kind of special status in terms of the type, like the, hallucinog- the hallucinations that you have right. from the substance, whether it's 
feels like a step difference from things like right. LSD and mushrooms. Yeah. But interestingly, not everyone agrees. And yeah. I think part of the thing about a psychedelic is that you're you're kind of having this very unusual, difficult to describe kind of experience. And yeah. so it probably is different for different people. Like for some people... And- that- and you're part of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so your preconceived perception is, is going to sound like an odd, odd comparison, but I was hearing as someone speak the other day of being a reviewer of, of any comedy show, when you're known, you instantly change the show. Your presence there yeah. is changing how things are happening, how the crowd are reacting, how the, the, the performer is reacting. So with something that's... A, hallucinogenic your expectation going in is going to greatly influence yeah. how it how it happens if you're going in panicked and scared it's could go in that way if you're going in oh this is i'm going in for a spiritual awakening enlightenment then you're more likely to find spiritual awakening and enlightenment because that's your brain controlling that yeah i think that's got a lot to do with it um and one thing i should also say is that this is another one where the sort of the research there's lots and lots of articles about dmt but that's not the same as there being lots and lots of good quality research about it and this was sort of a criticism i got from the psychedelics episode was that i said there isn't much research and lots of people said well there's actually loads and loads of research and that's true there is but i suppose what i meant was sort of the kind of what would be called the gold standard of research is much harder to do and particularly around something that's so unique to the individual and yeah you can't measure um a a trip on on a on a psychedelic you can't sort of put electrodes on someone's head and and say well now they're sort of seeing marching bears or now they're seeing like fractals or whatever you have to rely on what people can tell you and so you're never going to second hand as a researcher sort of get at the true kind of aspect what's going on and there've been some really cool like brain scan studies of people's brains on LSD and on psilocybin recently that yeah. have been done by David Nutt and Robin Carhart Harris at Imperial and we talked about them in the psychedelics episode and that's yeah. it's really cool but again it's like it's it's from we're from the outside looking in we're not getting at what's yeah. the sort of crux of why people enjoy taking psychedelics not not wanting to go um Daz doorstep challenge or or, or coca cola challenge but w- w- wouldn't there be some um benefit in a study that's oh, again the classic a blind tests but is testing you don't know if you're taking lsd or dmt or psilocybin mm. and then getting that pure un, uninfluenced in advance because as i said i think there is i think there's a huge mythology around it that mm. is going to influence regardless of how scientific you're trying to be or anything else it's going to influence your uh your reaction whereas yeah, if it was a that's a good idea i mean as as we've said in other i mean episodes, i've got a few weeks spare if we want to <laughs> <laughs> excellent i'll just uh, write the ethics application <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that was odd. but yeah i think that's an interesting one of of because again I, I i i completely agree i think all the studies done on it most of them are going to be done by people who want it to be something in it's advance, intentionally yeah. or otherwise, yeah. are going to want, here's what I want this to be, and then that influences it. Yeah, and I think from speaking to David and Robin or hearing them being interviewed, it is very difficult to do research into psychedelics because in order to 
give someone a drug like that, they have to already be experienced on it. You, it's unethical. Ethics committees yeah. won't allow you to give it to a sort of drug naive person because yeah. obviously some people really, really wouldn't like that kind of feeling yeah. of loss of control. And so give, that's... give David Nutt a shout and give everyone a shout. I'm experienced in these things. <laughs> I'm willing to do a three-way blind test on these three different... <laughs> No psychedelics. This well, is going to be sure a future episode. Channel Four are probably up for another drugs live, so I think <laughs> that could be one to pitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I feel like I've totally lost my thread now. Sorry, but no, I've, thro- I've, I've <laughs> thrown ridiculous ideas forward. But it's not a ridiculous idea at all. I think yeah. it's very interesting because, as you say, there's so much. You bring so much expectation yeah. to a trip like this. It's it's an unusual drug in that respect because it's so much based around completely the, again all, all of the stories i heard of this were all from people who've done it and it has been a spiritual awakening but they've done it in a jungle with a tribe and with fires it's like so incredibly likely it's going to be some kind of it's not going to be like anything you've experienced in the rest of your life living in nottingham or or, or yeah. wherever else it's going to be a massive change so yeah it's a fascinating one yeah okay so the long-term effect um it's again very similar to lsd and psilocybin it's not addictive and it's not habit forming but it can you can develop a tolerance if you use a lot in a short space of time it's kind of follows all the same patterns and again sort of hallucinogens don't really seem to be habit forming in that way because the type of experience you have is different to the kind of the drugs of abuse that end up with kind of habits forming yeah so myths around dmt yeah so the first one um it doesn't affect the brain it affects the soul so it's not a trip that you have (laughs) in your brain yeah and i mean how on earth would you go about scientifically showing that yeah for a start what is the soul yeah um and so people say that this is what differentiates dmt from lsd and psilocybin right but chemically they're so similar that they're almost certainly having a very similar effect. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to... The other myth that I've sort of written down here, I'm going to mention now because I think it kind of all ties in together. Okay. So the other myth is the pineal gland produces DMT at extraordinary moments in our lives. So our brain, the pineal gland in our brain produces DMT. Mm. And so the reason that people think this is because this guy... Rick Strassman, um, who was a scientist, he wrote a book called DMT, The Spirit Molecule. Mm -hmm. And he did loads and loads of kind of experiments looking at DMT. But from a very sort of, he he has very, very strong beliefs about it himself as well. So he believed that the pineal gland kind of isn't part of the brain um, but it was sort of some kind of residual, sort of vestigial, like reptile brain right, kind of third yeah. eye and that it starts off sort of I think on the roof of our mouths and then moves uh into the brain he's described it as having the best seat in the house right. um and <laughs> that it's kind of he thinks or he doesn't say in so many words but he sort of implies heavily that like it's the seat of the soul right yeah and so you can kind of now see how all of this ties in together, right? Yeah, of course. So the pineal gland produces DMT at extraordinary moments of our lives. DMT affects the soul. So the linking of DMT, the soul and the pineal gland all kind of yeah. come together to, to sort of let these myths take shape. Yeah. And 
in terms of whether the human body does produce DMT, people have been looking at that for sort of 50 odd years and with varying amounts of success. Right. So some people claim to have found endogenous, so made within the body, DMT, mm-hmm. not, or not really sure, or DMT in, in the bodies of people who've never sort of taken ayahuasca yeah. or never, certainly don't think they have. Yeah. The problem is that it's it's sort of really easy to kind of get, what's the word I'm looking for, contamination of these kind of research. And, sure. And some research hasn't found any evidence of it. Um, so it's it's really sort of difficult. And I read a review article that was published last year or the year before that sort of gone back and looked at all the evidence from the last 50 years and kind of says, it does look like there's some evidence that there might be very, very small sort of traces of DMT in an, in our bodies, yeah. but it's not brilliant evidence. And you would expect like tryptamines are are made by the body some of them are so it's perfectly possible that kind of hallucinatory tryptamines might be made by the body and the sort of theory behind it is maybe this is why we dream or this is why some people develop psychosis so in particular in patients with schizophrenia it's been posited that maybe the reason you see this is because they've got sort of too much they're producing dmt when they shouldn't be or something like that now whether the pineal gland produces dmt at extraordinary moments in our lives there's not really any kind of yeah decent evidence for that but you can see sort of why it's this kind of mythologizing isn't it's not coming from nowhere it's coming from theories but and it's such an attractive idea as well i think that's it yeah yeah completely it would be I can see why it would be appealing, like it would be amazing if that was the case. Yeah. But at the moment, we just, well, we don't know and we certainly can't say with any certainty that, right. I mean, I don't know how you'd ever test whether this it was having an effect on your soul. Or, or if it's produced in um, special moments or yeah. special times. Because again, we unless someone is willing to rush and be tested every time they have a special moment <laughs> or special time. That's, it's a very weird situation to be, to be able to go, yeah, well, that was the moment it produced it. So, mm. Did it? I well, I think uh, we talked about Gaspar Noe <laughs> in the uh, psychedelics episode, yeah. but that's kind of the point of that film is sort of a DMT trip as, as a like a near death or on the way to death experience. Yeah, yeah completely. So it's sort of, it's an idea that's very appealing to creative people as yeah. well. But yeah, it's these kind of things that, I think this is why people have requested this podcast is because there's so much sort of, I don't want a pseudoscience is unfair because it's not pseudoscience at all. It's just sort of un, non-replicated kind of very theoretically driven. Yeah. I guess it's like the sort of the theoretical physics of the drug world. Yeah, of sort sure. of Lots and lots of hypotheses that are very, very difficult to test. Yeah. Yes. A, a certain amount of results and then a million different interpretations of those results. <laughs> and extrapolating or into, yeah. wildly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I think it's it's really, really interesting and because it's, it's... I don't know why it gets elevated above and beyond LSD and psilocybin, mm. though. So, other than that there's been these sort of books written about it and yeah. people, people sort of beliefs that it'll be a kind of experience above and, yeah. and beyond. And again, as we've touched upon, belief is a, a ma- massive influencer on, on any hallucinogens because mm. it's it's something that's altering or, or or projecting or driving on your 
your own brain. So if your own brain is already pointing in a certain direction, then, you know, that's going to influence. Yeah, and all these things are really difficult to test and quite difficult to control for, although obviously the experiment that we're going to conduct, the yeah, blinded, <laughs> blinded psychedelics trial, uh, hopefully on, on we'll go. have all the answers soon. Yeah. Um, and to sort of all the DMT fans who've got in touch with me asking for this, I hope that you're not too disappointed with this episode. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And there we go. Do let me know your thoughts around DMT, and in particular whether, if you have ever used it, you can relate to some of the descriptions of the intoxications, particularly in the Vice article that I've linked to on the Acast app. Also, I have the rather exciting news that Say Why to Drugs has been nominated for Best New Podcast at the British Podcast Awards, which is an absolutely huge honour. If you like the podcast, there's also a public vote for Best Podcast, which you can find links to on Acast or at BritPod Awards. So if you fancy showing the podcast some love, that would obviously be amazing. And many congratulations to all the other nominees too, and in particular to Scroobius Pip, whose Distraction Pieces podcast is also shortlisted for Best Entertainment Show. Now, in other news, if anyone is in Bristol, Liverpool or Cheltenham, I have some uh, public speaking events coming up. So I'll be speaking at the March for Science rally in Bristol on the 22nd of April, which is at 11am before the actual march starts. I'll be talking e-cigarettes at Liverpool's Pint of Science in May. And I'm also going to be hosting a Say Why to Drugs live panel with Dr Sally Adams, who was on the Hangover episode of the podcast, Dr Robin Carhart-Harris, who's been amazingly helpful when in all the episodes about psychedelics, and novelist Lionel Shriver, and that's at the Cheltenham Science Festival in June. So do come along to any of those if you can. It would be absolutely amazing to meet you guys. Anyway, that's enough from me. I will see you next time. Bye! You've been listening to Say Why to Drugs with me, Dr Susie Gage. The music was by Jim Murray and the artwork was by at my name is at. Say Why to Drugs would not have been possible without the generous support of I'm a Scientist Get Me Out of Here, the Medical Research Council and Scroobius Pips Distraction Pieces Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.